many of us ever know what it is to become the perfect version of ourselves? This is Decoding Superhuman with your host, Boomer Anderson. Why, hello there, superhumans. It's Boomer Anderson here, bringing you another episode of this lovely Decoding Superhuman podcast. On this health journey that we're going to call this podcast, I like to bring on experts to really separate true from absolutely false or sometimes just frankly wrong, and to give you bite-sized pieces of actionable information which you can use in your everyday life to become more superhuman. Today's topic is nutrition, and I brought on a good friend and frankly just a, a very, very fit guy. His name is Dylan Goddard. So Dylan is a personal trainer, coach, and part owner of CrossFit Tanjong Pagar in Singapore. But he's a lot more than frankly, just a gym owner. You can tell just by looking at him, and if you look at the cover of whatever the blog post or the Instagram post, etc., he's pretty physically fit. He grew up in South Africa with over four years of experience in competitive bodybuilding. He played rugby at a provincial level in South Africa, and then just so you know, some of you who may not be familiar with rugby, South Africa's pretty good at that sport. And then he went on to move to Singapore and become Singapore's fittest man. Dylan is a qualified personal trainer from the National Federation of Personal Trainers in the United States, as well as a precision nutrition level one coach. This episode, as you may expect, because I know Dylan quite well, was a lot of fun. It's something that I've wanted to do for a while and something that was absolutely necessary given all of the crap out there on nutrition. So we played a game called Mythbusters. And if you're familiar with the TV show, you kind of know how this goes. But we addressed some common nutrition myths, one of which that I'm extremely passionate about was cholesterol. I'll let you listen to the episode, but I had a lot of fun. I learned a lot, and I hope you do too. The show notes for this one are at decodingsuperhuman.com backslash Dylan, that's D-Y-L-A-N. Enjoy the show. Superhumans, thank you for coming to the show once again. Today we're doing something a little bit different. We're trying something new today, and it's a show with I'm going to call Mythbusters because that's frankly what it is. Uh, we're going to address today some common nutrition myths, and like always, I brought on an expert to really socialize ideas and really talk about the science behind why some common beliefs about nutrition may not be true. My guest today is Dylan Goddard, and we'll go through his intro, and I'm sure you already heard his intro in full separately, but you know, Dylan, welcome to the show. Awesome, Boomer. It's an absolute honor. You gave me the call a couple of weeks ago, and I've been excited since. Ready to uh, knock some of those myths out of the park, man. Well, Dill, you know, you've been a huge influence in my fitness life, so I'm hopefully, you know, we're going to be able to share some great thoughts with people uh, today in today's episode. Yeah, that sounds good, man. Why don't we just kick things off? Myth number one, eating full fat will make you fat. I think it's a, the just a big misconception. Um, so the problem is, I think when people are eating loads of fats, loads of carbs, loads of protein. Yes, you're definitely going to put on weight. It's, it's science, right? The big deal with a fat molecule, um, if you're dealing with calories, you know, you're dealing with nine grams of, sorry, nine calories on every gram of fat and then protein and carbohydrates is only four, four calories. Um, calorie is basically an energy unit. So if you're not going to be using the energy, you're going to be storing a lot of fats as well body fat, should we say. So extra energy is going to be stored in the body. The problem with the full fat deal is 
a lot of the times they um, increasing the carbohydrate content um, when they re when they re start removing the full fat. So you'll actually notice if you you know pick up any kind of item in the in the store, whether it be yogurt or any kind of thing where they've extracted the fat out of the product, the carbohydrate content is going to be a lot higher, and they've they've almost put fillers in the the product just to just to kind of cover up the fat. You know, uh, fat is is what gives the taste as well. That's why full fat things just taste so much creamier and uh, rich. So they've obviously have to uh, kind of fill the product again with things that taste nice. And this could be artificial products as well, uh, extra preservatives, you know, this and that, um, which is not really natural and good for the body. Reducing fat or just extracting fat out of one's diet is uh, not a wise idea. You know, it's, it's uh, very important for balancing uh, hormonal, the, the hormonal system in the body, just governing the entire hormonal system in the body. It's, it's vital for that. And then, um, you know, the, the, the whole thing about uh, the cholesterol as well, um, you know, it's a whole different story. But um, yeah, so I think the big thing about, you know, extracting or going low fat or skim, whatever it might be, they are definitely jacking up the carbohydrates. You know, and they adding sweeteners and sugars, et cetera, et cetera. So I think that kind of answers your question a little bit about the, the full fat deal. Yeah, I mean, it's not, you know, end of the day, if you're overeating, you should be kind of checking your macros and, and your calorie intake. And, uh, you know, if you're overeating because you're eating too much fat and because, because the calories are so much higher, then you need to make a plan. But I wouldn't, I would maybe just cut down a little bit on you know, the protein or the carbohydrates if that's the case, if you still want to eat fat. Uh, full fat products. Okay, awesome. Thanks, Dill. I really appreciate you going into that. Uh, yeah, in general, avoiding processed foods, right? Just a just good word of advice for people. Uh, so you mentioned in there cholesterol. Let's talk a little bit about cholesterol because this rings near and dear to my heart and my family's heart. All cholesterol is bad cholesterol. True or false? Uh, that's a massive uh, false. Um, <laughs> so we, there's two different types of cholesterol. You're dealing with you know low density lipoproteins proteins and then high density lipoproteins. proteins. For low density lipoprotein protein is the bad cholesterol. Um, we're dealing with uh, high density lipoprotein protein is actually good cholesterol, and your body does enjoy that kind of thing. So we're dealing with uh, products like most of the oils are actually good for you. Eggs, you know the egg yellow, you know extracting the egg yellow out of a, out of a when you're having eggs and, and eggs and bacon in the morning, whatever it might be, is because it's bad cholesterol apparently, um, is a is absolutely false. So there is there is a big difference between uh, cholesterol and cholesterol, if that makes sense. Uh, it makes perfect sense, and I think just on yeah. the LDL versus HDL point, just point people mm -hmm. to something like the Framingham Heart Study, which was a, yeah. a multi-decade study on heart disease and what causes it. And frankly, what they showed was is that low LDL can actually be a trigger as well. And then just for people who want to investigate this further, uh, there, I'll link to a couple of articles in the show notes, which will be at decodingsuperhuman.com backslash Dylan. That's D-Y-L-A-N. And there's a couple of other studies that... That I've participated in actually with the Quantified Self Institute that show, you know, just cholesterol in general, you need to measure it multiple times over the day. And I, I think one of the things that I want to point people to is that you can get things like a lipoprotein A study or NMR test, which may be more useful than your traditional cholesterol test, but also mm. cholesterol is not bad for you. It's what your brain's made of predominantly, right? For sure, for sure. And it just comes back to the whole like, you know, the whole fat thing, um, removing, 
let's say you have this gorgeous steak you've cooked up and then, you know, taking all the fat off the side. I just don't think it's, you know, if it's fitting in with your macros, I want to try and get, you know, my fundamentals are trying to get as unprocessed food as possible. If you're kind of tricking your brain and thinking that you're cutting the fat of your lovely steak and then eating processed foods later, you've got things a bit mixed up. You know, eating whole food is, is primary. So, um, yeah, leave that fat on the steak, man. Bottom line. <laughs> yeah, I, I bet. That's all the taste is, right? Exactly. You and I are both ribeye guys, yeah. not not the beef tenderloin yeah. types. So next one, and, and I, I want to pick your brain on this one. Don't eat carbs after 5 p.m. True or false? <laughs> um, I think it's a, it's a massive false again. You know, your body is working in a kind of a biorhythm, right? So it's a 24-hour cycle. It doesn't really know when kind of like these calories should be coming in or those calories should be coming in. Obviously, if you're doing high intensity training session, you can replenish your glycogen stores with a, a rich carbohydrate of sorts or simple carbohydrates. But, um, you know, the kind, of, the kind of things that I would vouch for in eating carbohydrates after 5 p.m. would be kind of, you know, when you do most of your recovery, and that's going to be when you're sleeping, obviously. Your body needs energy to recover. It's, it's a no-brainer. So have some carbohydrates, you know, even your, your dinner meal. doesn't have to be a massive amount. And I'm not talking about a massive plate of cereal either, you know, like simple carbohydrates. My go-tos are like brown rice, uh, rice. We're looking at uh, sweet potatoes, even potato. I mean, it's, it's, it's fine. They've done recent studies where there's a the marginal difference between a sweet potato and a normal potato, actually. So... If you're only a stickler to eating sweet potato, um, you should actually do some research and, and double check on, on the difference. You know, and also what doing it's uh, eating carbohydrates or releasing sugar into your body is going to release the serotonin, which uh, is a feel-good hormone, and that's going to allow you to you know sleep a lot deeper as well. And um, yeah, waking up in the morning feeling refreshed and uh, good to go. So I think it's a it's a vital part of uh, nutrition throughout the day. Just real quick, Dill, and you know, for yeah. for the audience's benefit, I didn't really send you questions beforehand, so this one's gonna be out of left field here. Carb backloading, good thing or not so good? I think you have to look at your goal as well, right? Um, if you're wanting to lose body fat, I think it's a great idea. It has worked. I'm working with a couple of clients at the moment that are going on like a six day, six day low carb and then like a one day refeed. That's, that's worked pretty well with them. They've lost quite a considerable amount of body fat. And then you can also go like a three low carb, one day refeed, three low carb, one day refeed. That kind of cycle as well works really well. So this kind of carb backloading or front loading or you want to, however you want to put it, definitely has its purpose. I think you're, if you're any kind of performance sport, so for myself, I'm into CrossFit, which is kind of high intensity strength conditioning. I think you need to eat carbs all the time, especially recovering with carbohydrates. But for the general population or guys that are just wanting to maybe uh, lose a bit of body fat, there is definitely a place for carb backloading for sure. Awesome. And just real quick, do you mind just defining it for the people who don't understand what carb backloading is? Yeah. So basically, there are there are a couple of ways to do it. But so you would need to get into ketosis of sorts. So what I have with my clients going on, so if it's basically, it's going to be a super low carbohydrates day for six days. And then your seventh day, you're going to increase most of your calories are going to come from uh, carbohydrates. But what you also need to kind of understand is that on my low carb days, I'm actually increasing my fat to make up for the calories that they're losing because they're not eating carbohydrates 
on my refeed day, there's going to be almost uh, probably almost double the calories they're eating on a normal day. But that is it's quite essential that people aren't missing the point of there is higher fat, higher protein on the low carb days. And then you kind of get to the point where you're almost decarb decarbed or in ketosis. And then uh, just to kind of re-kick, re-kick, re-kick start the uh, engine, we have a high carb day and that kind of sets you up for the next couple of days. Next potential myth here. Carbs will definitely make you fat. If, if I listen to a lot of, I mean, you just mentioned ketosis. If I listen to a lot of what's coming out of the, the keto world uh, these mm. days, a lot of people are advocates for low or no carb diets. What do you think about that, Dill? I think the low carb ketosis diet is, is actually really good. You have an office job and you're quite sedentary. If you are quite active, I think your body needs uh, carbohydrates. It's essential. It has a purpose in a lot of sporting activities, um, replenishing of glycogen stores of the um, sport or high intensity uh, kind of training. I truly believe, well, maybe it's just a little one-sided. I'm kind of speaking to, you know, members and clients and athletes all day long. You know, the guys that are quite like carbophobic, I just, I preach to them that there's no ways if you're training hard and you're having a balanced lifestyle that you need to avoid the carbohydrates. I just don't think it's uh, just one. Why would you want to do that to yourself? There's so much good (laughs) carbohydrate out there. And if you're training hard, I think you need to replenish your your glycogen stores in the correct manner, right? Mm -hmm. You know, eating your carb. I would say my root of thumb is kind of eating most of your carbohydrates for the day around your training time, whether it be kind of two hours before and then post-workout. That that would be like my big carb window. It doesn't mean that I don't eat carbs the rest of the day because I've just told you I eat carbs in the nighttime. But that's where kind of like I eat most of my carbohydrates, probably like half, or probably half for the for the day. It it comes back to the situation, right? If you're overcarving yourself and you're not exercising, you're gonna definitely put on weight. It's but a calorie is a calorie at the end of the day. So protein will also make you fat. I think that's what we're gonna myth bust in a moment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're, uh, but, you're creating your own segue there, Dill. I think it's. It, it, really comes down to what does your day-to-day lifestyle look like i'm more than willing to help people that are on just on a, on a kind of private capacity but we really need to see how much energy you're burning you know what do you do on a daily basis and these are all little factors that uh, come into play when we kind of assessing your diet and your, your, your nutrition all right since you, since you laid it out there you kind of threw it out there already mm. dill let's talk mm. protein my friend uh you know, Atkins, yeah. all of these guys talking about how protein is God's gift to man, which it can be. But uh, do you mind just addressing, you know, will protein make you fat or will it not make you fat? I think people forget about the fact that there's still calories in protein. Um, <laughs> no, and, uh, you mean that, that yeah. big steak with a lot of butter on it and, you know, that, that ribeye we were alluding to earlier, that has that has calories in it. Yeah, it's got a load of calories. Unfortunately, if you're eating a lot of red meat, it's definitely it's going to be quite fatty as well, unless you're eating like a fillet or something. But you know, coming off a lot of different um, training uh, mythologies, and I've uh, been doing this for kind of like twelve to fifteen years already. Um, I was a bodybuilder by nature for about four years, and I think I ate way too much protein. But you know, and no carbohydrates, which obviously wasn't too healthy. But uh, you, your body will process the calories almost in the same way. And I think you need to, to my mind, a lot of people in the gym are maybe eating too much protein. Um, not necessary. Yeah. 
protein is going to obviously help with recovery, but so is carbohydrates, right? So I think a carbohydrate, if you're doing a kind of more high-intensity workout, a carbohydrate is actually going to help better with recovery than a protein. You definitely need protein for sure, but you need to look at the balance of the protein and the carbs. Yeah, coming back to your question, and I, yeah, I mean, over overconsumption of protein is definitely going to make you put on weight. That's 100%. Yeah, no, so it's a no, it's not not negotiable at all. All right, so Dill, I know we have limited amount of time together today, but uh, there's three questions I ask everyone, and since I'm gonna have you back on the show at some point to bust some training myths because that's that's another topic for another day. But there's three questions, and since it's your first time on the show, I have to ask these of you. What's your top tool? or technology that you're using to make yourself more superhuman? At the moment, I would say I've been using for the last kind of six months one of these wake-up lights. Is this like a Philips Daylight or something like that? Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Awesome. Tell me, tell me more about that because I haven't purchased mine yet, but I, I would love to hear more about it. Yeah, it's absolutely next level. So basically the whole theory is that you're waking up to a more natural kind of uh, stimulation. I know a lot of guys, you know, when that's... 5 a.m. alarm clock goes off and it's some crazy like bell going off or something and everyone everyone is just jumping out of bed and you're probably kind of halfway through your cycle of sleep or the rapid eye movement's going crazy and then you have to like right away just uh, jump out of bed. Um, so they've kind of designed these lights that almost slowly kind of gradually um, get light. It starts really dark and within about, you can actually set how long you want it to, to get light for. So I've got mine on about 15 minutes and um, I haven't used my alarm, my alarm clock on my phone. I set it my alarm clock on my phone as well, just in case. But the, the light has woken me up every single morning for probably about the last six months. You can also set it, it's quite interesting. It's got like a little bird tweeting at the end as well and uh, some more kind of natural sounds. So the whole theory is that you're not waking up in this extreme manner um, every morning. And I whole, think the whole purpose of it is uh, that you have just a bit more energy in the morning. And for, for me, it's phenomenal. Like I feel great when I wake up, you know, no more jumping out of bed because I've missed my alarm or whatever it might be. And uh, just be careful if you have a partner, it, it really is bright. <laughs> so they might wake up together with you. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it's it's a great little add-on, man. And I think for the moment, that's really um, you know that's really kind of saving me, man. Yeah, it's interesting to look at some of the science behind that because like you have photoreceptors in your skin, which they all adhere, they all kind of receive light. But also, you're an early riser, right? So this yeah, yeah. this still helps. Uh, what time do you get up in the morning? So I'd say most mornings are probably about half past four, quarter to five every morning. And, and this still helps you get out of bed and feel really yeah. energized every day. That's pretty I awesome. Feel great, man. That's awesome. Yeah, I think you know. Obviously, I'm going to try and get to bed at least try and get seven and a half to eight hours of sleep. With a newborn baby, it's <laughs> interesting, but uh, we're trying our best. But uh, yeah, I mean, without doubt, um, the light has has really helped me loads. So it's basically lights on, uh, get out of bed, straight on, get some good coffee. And I'm, on the, I'm taking the bulletproof coffee at the moment. And a cold shower is a must, just uh, heightens the senses and wakes you up and, uh, and gets you going for the morning. So I have a bit of a regime. I'm quite like uh, a stickler for my little regimes, irritatingly to my wife. But uh, yeah, I'm quite, 
very stickler, yeah. Well, you, you know my girlfriend, and I, do, I have very uh, similar regimens first thing in the morning. But final, final two questions. Top piece of advice for people looking to increase cognition or their memory? Yes, I think a lot of the times when people are hearing things or kind of hear, like hearing some, something and almost responding to it in that relationship, they not really thinking about it too much. They're just responding autom automatically. Um, and sometimes it's not the best response. So my kind of go-to would be, you know, I, I manage a, a group of kind of eight to 10 coaches now, and I have to deal with some management um, situations at times, would be kind of like, you know, hearing what everyone's saying, and then kind of going away, thinking about it for a day or two. If I don't have to action on straight away, I think that's, that's kind of where I go to, and then coming back with a bit more clearer kind of uh, response. And that you know, just pro taking some time, just taking some time to process things. And then uh, I do have some mentors that I kind of bounce ideas around with. So I'm fortunate with that position that I have. Uh, but yeah, I think the go-to is just just taking sometimes just take a bit extra time before you respond to to things that you're hearing. The, the beauty of the pause, right? Yeah, it's uh, yeah. It's absolutely necessary sometimes. Could prevent a lot of fights too. For sure, for sure. Last question before I ask you yeah, but where people could find out more about you. Yeah. What's the best book you've read on peak performance? I recently read a book that's called Becoming Superman by Stephen Kotler. Stephen Kotler. So this is all about the flow state and uh, he talks about you know, all these extreme athletes um, that they're getting into this absolute state of flow and uh, how they can just kind of almost slow things down to like to to kind of uh, process things a lot uh, lot better as well. Yeah, that was helped me when I was still competing quite a bit in CrossFit. They helped me considerably and I've kind of now, as I've kind of turned down uh, or stopped competing so much, I've, I've kind of brought it over into more of my workspace. Yeah, again, it's just sometimes taking time to uh, whether it be kind of like meditation of sorts or just thinking a bit deeper onto things. But uh, yeah, a great book uh, from Stephen Kotler called Becoming Superman. I like his other book, Stealing Fire, as well. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm not sure if you checked that one out, but yeah. Sergey Brin's flow state routine. So Sergey Brin, uh, head of Google, yeah. uh, his flow state routine is just absolutely insane. Mm. But I'll, I'll put that in the show notes for people to look up. Yeah. All right, Dill, final question. Yeah, brother. Where can people find out more about you? Yeah, so I'm on Instagram at uh, forged.by.dill. It's D-Y-L at the end. Uh, you can check out my... Uh, uh, box as well it's uh, crossfit tanjong paga in singapore and uh or you can hit me up on facebook it's uh it's gonna be just still j goddard and that's about it yeah quite active on uh, instagram and uh having a great time man well dill thank you so much for joining us on the show today and i owe you a personal thank you because if i if i list out my top 10 sort of fitness influencers you're one of them so Thank you so much for uh, everything you've taught me Thanks for that. and for motivating me to continue kicking my own ass in the gym. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I, I miss you guys in Singapore, so I can't wait to uh, to reunite soon. Awesome, Boomer. It's been an absolute pleasure, mate. We'll chat real soon, yeah? Absolutely. Okay. Take care, my friend. Thanks, dude. Cheers. 
Hey now, superhumans. Thank you once again for listening to another episode of this podcast. Before you go, a couple of favors to ask because I, I really value your feedback. One, can you go over to iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, wherever you listen to this lovely podcast and give us a five-star rating. It really helps get others in the know. Two, can you share it with some friends? I would love to have more listeners for this podcast. I would love to have all of your friends listen. I would love to hear from them, which brings me to number three. If you have any comments, concerns, questions, or just topics you want covered, can you leave a message at podcast at decodingsuperhuman.com? And by leave a message, it's not really like a voicemail message. It's more like an email. Tell you what, superhumans, that's it for me. Have an epic day. <laughs>